0: This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. Tell a stranger to subscribe to The Latest on Apple Podcasts. And if you feel more comfortable asking a friend to listen to the program, get to know the stranger. Enjoy the show. It's Thursday, January 21. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest.
1: Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are officially the president and the vice president. The country's 46th president used his inaugural address to push a message of unity. Joe Biden spent his first few hours on the job
0: issuing a flurry of executive orders on Those voices are discussing President Joe Biden, the the only 78-year-old man in the United States that can make the country seem fresh and alive again. As the 46th president kicks off the first days of his administration, many hopeful Americans throughout the country find themselves asking the same question. Is reuniting the new radicals what he meant by restoring the soul of the nation? Following a day-long inauguration ceremony that made the Academy Awards seem like a short YouTube ad, the Biden administration has begun rapidly executing aspects of its political agenda, as if they were mentally ill death row inmates in the final hours of the previous regime. The country has re-entered the Paris Climate Accords, meaning those in favor of letting the planet burn will need to brush up again on French phrases like Coca-Cola pas du glace, s'il vous plaît, The U.S. will be rejoining the World Health Organization as soon as we figure out our deductible. And the Keystone XL pipeline has been canceled. So if you're still looking to get your fix of some light, sweet crude, consider streaming Van Wilder. But the lion's share of the new administration's work is focused on COVID-19, a dated taxonomy that, like Windows 98, is proving to take a much longer time to eradicate than experts anticipated. Some of the major aspects of the coronavirus plan include nationwide mask mandates, requiring that they be worn on federal property, as well as places like trains, buses and planes, marking the first time that Southwest has had anything that slightly resembles a dress code. The Defense Production Act will be used to produce more of the types of supplies and equipment that were in short supply in the early days of the pandemic, like LaCroix and wireless controllers and a comprehensive vaccine distribution strategy promises to deliver 100 million shots in 100 days. It's a bold and progressive vision, with an aggressive timeline only outmatched by that of the 90-day fiancé. Now, I'm not pretending that these actions are going to be an immediate success. Like using Apple Maps for navigation, it's probably going to take a lot longer than expected, and there's a good chance we'll end up at the bottom of a lake. But one of the most important things that the new administration has to prove is that the government at large is capable of functioning. It doesn't matter that we got a new phone if we're just going to leave it in the box. Many have been programmed to believe that government is the problem. And when its most recent history has seen it grant urgent public health relief to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, toss children into squalid kennels as if the nation were a petco, and award the country's highest artistic achievement to the writer of Shock and you it's easy to see how one could draw the conclusion that, if the government isn't the enemy, it's a friend with no benefits, because they've been stripped from the final version of the legislation. One of the main obstacles to success appears to be the filibuster, a Senate rule that dictates that the governing majority needs a majority of the majority to govern. Even though Democrats technically have a functioning majority, they still need 60 votes to move forward on most items. Adhering to rules dictated by a group of senators who take Plan B as a daily supplement to ensure that nothing ever gets produced, even by accident. And this boring procedural mechanism is already threatening to delay cabinet nominations, COVID-19 relief, and the next James Bond film to a distant century. Now, there have been many debates over the risks of eliminating the filibuster. Not just the risk that representatives may be forced into a situation in which they may need to govern, But that when power inevitably switches between the parties, a future Republican Senate will use their 51-seat majority to advance Marjorie Taylor Greene's House legislation to build a 9-11 didn't happen memorial somewhere on the outskirts of Georgia. But in the face of a pandemic, an armed insurrection, and a persistent crackhead peddling pillows at the Lord's instruction... If the majority and the majority and the majority can't make real progress because 10 people have concerns over the sanctity of preserving their rights to oppose paying the guy who slices your deli meats at Publix, a so-called living hourly wage equivalent to the cost of your 20 ounces of oven roasted turkey, we might need to amend the rules so that something happens when we land on free parking. In 2016, one of the loudest refrains was that elections have consequences. And just because the new Democratic majority is slim doesn't mean that it's required to wear a suit that's three sizes too big, like the former president. Now I'm all for trying to take a bipartisan approach in good faith to hit the ground running. But less than 24 hours after Mr. Biden was sworn in, lukewarm hot pockets like Susan Collins are already expressing concerns over providing additional coronavirus relief. And Mitt Romney is already pretending that restoring environmental protections at Bears Ears National Monument will only deepen divisions in this country. As if the people who stormed the Capitol and bludgeoned a police officer to death with a fire extinguisher had been seeking a measured policy debate over federal land management. But considering that voters decided that they wanted to chart a different course for the year 2021... The least that their senators can do is adhere to the same principled ethos practiced by the employees of Outback Steakhouse: no rules, just right. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey,
1: Twitter world! Hey, Twitter world!
0: Hey, Twitter world! This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Kevin Denson, a sommelier and wine director in the Philadelphia service industry. Kevin. Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me, Greg. Yeah, glad to be here. On Thursday... O.J. shared a political discussion that he recently had in a restaurant.
1: Hey, Twitter world, is me yours truly now. Yesterday at a late lunch, I was with some of my buddies and uh, a couple of my guys are what I call trumpets, you know, uh, whatever Donald says is the truth and he's like their God. And of course, I have some friends who thinks he's the Antichrist. Well, yesterday, two of the Antichrist guys sort of got into it, wanted that he's their leader and their God. And they, were, they got a little loud and we were at this restaurant um, having chicken wings, buffalo wings. And uh, this lady at the table next to her, I say a lady, I don't want to say her name. She's someone we all know. She kind of leaned on us, hey guys, hey guys. She says, what did you think Putin was doing watching this? you think he was celebrating or do you think he was condemning it? Well, all of us agreed. You know, uh, Putin was probably toasting Waka and they are all probably celebrating. She says, Well, isn't that like sort of aiding and abetting the enemy? Isn't that sedition? I'm just saying. Take care, and stay safe, wear your mask.
0: <laughs> Kevin, what do you think about what OJ had to say? Uh, well, it's it's interesting, you know, being the service industry, you know, you you get to hear these complete strangers kind of air out their laundry uh, just right in front of you with no really context or, you know, no, not caring like who they are or anything like that. But when it comes to politics, like I feel like being in the industry like myself, you know, we're going to maybe have some preconceived notions then about you after, you know, hearing all this proclaim your political you know, stuff out there. So I don't know. It's something, something to think about, you know, when you're, uh, when you're at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And what do you think about OJ? He's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Kevin, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, Greg. And that's the latest written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. If you like the show, please tell a friend to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, (laughs) pandora uh, other there other weird apps there's so many of them just tell them google me i bet i come up uh, latestpod.com for all your latestpodcast.com needs uh actually don't go to latestpodcast.com i don't own that I, it's it's latestpod.com pod payable on death uh <laughs> i'm at underscore gregott on twitter yeah right you soon and by see you soon i mean hear you soon and by hear you soon i mean you'll be hearing me soon And by hearing me soon i mean you'll soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast good night